Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. If you suffer from chronic inflammation, long-term fatigue, if you've experienced trauma, high levels of stress or adversity, if you have insomnia, chronic pains, aches or muscle tension, digestive issues like IBS or constipation or bloating, if you are depressed, feel stuck or lack motivation or have anxiety, you need to tune in to today's PCOS Diva podcast. I've invited Jessica McGuire. She teaches people how to repair their own nervous system via the vagus nerve to restore their innate capacity for inner resilience and self-regulation and to recover from chronic and traumatic stress. So I'm just really thrilled that you agreed to come on to my uh, podcast, Jessica. I've been following your work for a while and for women with PCOS, all of those uh, symptoms that I mentioned really parallel symptoms of PCOS. And we tend to have upregulated nervous systems. And I think what you offer is a, a great solution to help women manage some of these symptoms. So uh, welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. Thank you, Amy. I'm really excited to be here. So I think I will go ahead and give um, listeners a little bit about your background, um, just to kind of frame the work that you do. Your passion for health first led to a degree in health science, studying the use of electrocardiography, how the heart's electrical impulses are amplified and recorded. Then you went on to complete a master's of physiotherapy and spent over 14 years helping people improve the health of their brain and body. You've also studied neurophysiology and you've learned from pain researchers, professors in neuroplasticity, neuroscientists, and psychologists on how the brain and the nervous system change from stress, trauma, and chronic pain. And your postgraduate study has led to further qualifications in clinical mindfulness, trauma-sensitive biofeedback, polyvagal theory, and the use of transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation. And you believe that knowledge is power and that we are empowered when we have autonomy in reshaping our mind-body system. And your specialty now is teaching patients about the vagus nerve and their nervous system and how stress-related illness such as anxiety, depression, gut disorders, autoimmune issues, all of those symptoms that I mentioned can arise from dysregulation after chronic or traumatic stress. So that's so fascinating. Um, Tell us, I guess, just to start off, what is the vagus nerve? If you've never heard about that before. Sure. Uh, so the vagus nerve is like a series of connections, really. It starts out at the brain stem. So if you ran your hand down the back of your head, you'd probably feel that bony ridge at the base of the skull. So if we went in from there, 
<clears throat> it starts out there and there's two parts, well, there's a left and right side. So it runs down and it's got a lot of connections that go into the heart and the lungs. And then it's got connections that go down under the diaphragm into the gut. And it touches through its connections almost every organ all the way down to the colon. Um, and then part of its connections run from the heart up to the face. So we really do wear our heart on our face or our expressions. Mm -hmm. um, we'll often hear the sound in somebody's voice as well as to watch um, their, their nervous system, what state it's in. And a lot of the fibres of the vagus nerve, are, most of the information runs from the body up to the brain. So 80% of the fibres run that way. But why it's so important is because it really is the epicentre of the mind-body connection. And it tells us that what's happening in the brain will be reflected in our organs and vice versa. So it really helps to make sense of why things like stress and, and trauma or a dysregulated nervous system can lead to things like irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. That's, it's so interesting to me. You know, we hear a lot about the brain gut connection and we think of it, I think in terms of like your microbiome and um, this idea of the vagus nerve as being a real connection kind of from like the brain stem to the gut really takes it up a notch um, or it, it as you said, like knowledge is power. I know I was working with a client um, and she, she finally really made the connection that stress is what is leading to a lot of her gut issues. And I was wondering if you could um, explain a little deeper how our nervous systems become dysregulated so that it would lead to these kind of chronic conditions? Absolutely. Um, so we can look at the different states of our nervous system that we have, and we can look at it a little bit like traffic lights. So when we're in the green state, that's where our vagus nerve is working well and it's regulating our nervous system. So when it does this, it's slowing our heart down to the pace where we can connect with people. Um, we don't feel, you know, like a racing heart or anything like that. <clears throat> and then our digestion is functioning well when we're in this stage, but we're also primed for connection. So we'll hear somebody's voice has prosody, which basically means there's variation in rhythm and pitch and you know, parents intuitively do this with their babies. They talk in and sing song in voice like this. And that is actually a um, tool for co-regulation. So they're providing that regulation for their baby's nervous system using their voice. Um, people do it with their pets as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear them talking those funny voices. And we also, in this state, uh, the muscles of our middle ear prime us to detect the sound of the human voice. So we will hear, even in a crowded room, we can hone in on somebody's voice. And <clears throat> our face has a lot of expression, especially in 
the upper face. So you know you can see when somebody's smiling with their eyes. Um, it's a genuine, really heartfelt smile. So when we're in this state, we're primed for connection. We feel calm because our physiology is being regulated um, and we will think and feel our best. But if we face a stressor, typically what happens if we don't feel we've got the tools to, to face that challenge, um, we may move up into fight or flight. And so what happens is the vagal break, which is the branch of the vagus nerve that runs from the brainstem to the sinoatrial node of the heart, which is basically the heart's pacemaker, mm -hmm. the vagus nerve comes off, adrenaline is released, and we feel our physiology speed up. So energy is mobilised to help us deal with what's going on. Now, when our energy is mobilised, we have the blood move away from our gut and mm -hmm. short-term or long-term projects get put off. So this might be relevant to your listeners when we look at things like keeping sex hormones balanced and things like that. Well, they're not important jobs when we are thinking about needing to escape or to fight off something. And so this is where we can start to see other chronic health issues come into play. Um, so, for example, we could look at things like we might have an increase in inflammation because we don't move into the state where rest and repair happens. But particularly we can see changes in hormones um, and we can see changes in the digestive system. So when the blood moves away from the gut, for example, motility or movement of food through the gut slows down. So if we're in this state for a long period of time, that's where we can start to see allostatic load built. So this is the, the wear and tear on our mind-body system. Um, some people can also move into another state, which if we're still picturing the traffic lights, that would be the red state. And this would be an immobilization system, which can drop us down into feeling flat, numb, depressed. Um, we may cut off from the sensations in our body because they're uncomfortable. Um, and long-term, if we spend a, long, a lot of time in this state, we may end up feeling burnt out, exhausted, and there can also be other types of um, chronic health issues too. So because our nervous systems, our brains are always changing and learning, we may find that after periods of chronic and traumatic stress, we don't come home to that green state as often. Mm -hmm. And that, that would be when we have low vagal tone or the vagus nerve isn't functioning as well. And so we spend a lot of time in either that mobilisation state where we're anxious, we're wound up, or we're in that flat lethargic state, or we might oscillate between the two. So, you know, I've, I have definitely experienced both that flat state <laughs> and that place of, um, I don't, I, I think post-traumatic stress when something um, 
can sort of set you off really quickly. So that is, so you're saying that that is, can a low vagal tone can contribute to both of those states. Absolutely. Yes. So what we'll see, you know, and just to frame this, stress isn't actually bad for us if Mm -hmm. we get to recover from it. That's, that's really what um, I think we, we can see that we have this innate system that can recover really well. So like I said, the vagal break comes off. So when we face a stressor, our vagal tone lowers a little bit. We have that mobilizing energy come into our system and we can feel it with that you know, heat through our shoulders or tension where our heart speeds up. But then after it's over, we feel that, oh, thank goodness that's over. Mm-hmm. And vagal tone will come back up to where it was. So it's a little bit like a thermostat in a house. You know, we move away, we come back, but it's around a set point. But <clears throat> when stress is relentless, so we don't get the opportunity to recover, let's say we just keep having, you know, things piled on top of us that's, that's, that's more than just daily stresses, let's say, you know, it, it's, it's significant events, or we have a one-time traumatic event where we might get overloaded too much through our nervous system. What happens is the vagal or vagal tone reduces so much and it doesn't come back to that set point. And we continue to have this activation of that mobilizing energy in our system. So we say it gets retuned to a new set point. Mm. And so that's where we see a lot of dysregulation. So I, I've always said that stress wreaks havoc on PCOS. And you did allude to the fact that um, it can really lead to dysregulating hormones and hormone balance. Um, and, you know, I think it's really important for women with PCOS to have a stress reduction toolkit sort of speak. Um, and I, you know, I, we cover these topics often on the PCOS Diva podcast. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I had Dr. Mark Halpern on and we were talking about heart math. And what I was hearing you say is how the vagus nerve um, connects your heart to that brainstem. And so I'm thinking that the heart math would help to tune the vagus nerve um, by kind of syncing your breathing with your heartbeat. Is, is that something that helps with vagus tone? It does, yeah. So we can look at we can look at, as you said, having a range of tools. And I would say the most important question I get asked is what's the number one thing that helps improve the function of the vagus nerve? Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely breathing is something that's been shown we can bring in. But we really need the tools that attune to the state of our nervous system that we're in. So, for example, if I was in a state of panic using breathing, that could make me feel worse because I start paying attention to air hunger. I start um, trying to breathe deeply and that's been shown to make panic exaggerate. Mm -hmm. So 
It's more about getting to know our nervous system and recognising those different states and then having a range of tools that we can use that attune to where we're at. So it's a little bit like, Amy, if you said to me, I feel so sad, I'm having this really hard time, things have been so challenging at home, and I just said, you'll be right, come on, up you go, let's get ready, lots of energy, it would feel horrible. It would be like a misattunement to where you're at. So sometimes if we're, if we are really flat, we'll use different tools than say if we're really wound up. Um, we can look at ways that we can bring in a daily practice, but really it's about in the heat of the moment going, okay, where, what state am I in? What works for me here? What can I use to help me come back to having my vagus nerve working well? Mm. So really checking in with yourself and figuring out where you're at and then kind of matching that state to the tools in your toolkit that will help rebalance you. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, parents often do this beautifully with toddlers or babies because babies don't have the ability to self-regulate. Mm -hmm. um, they're completely dependent on parents to co-regulate for them, um, which means to attune to their nervous system. And then the baby's inner world will come to mirror that. But also that is the foundation of them developing that self-regulation for themselves. So it actually leads to the um, healthy development of the brain and the vagus nerve. Mm. So it's thinking then as adults, how do we attune to our own nervous system? And that's why I often say knowledge is power in this area. We, mm. need, to, we need to have a framework to understand it. Um, get to know what from the past tends to still trigger us today because we respond in ways that we have learnt and this is outside of conscious awareness. So sometimes we just find ourselves feeling anxious and we say, gosh, what brought me to this feeling? And, you know, that can be outside of our awareness. So the more we realise what patterns we have in different environments, situations, and how it's, it's not us choosing that, it's just our nervous system responding. And then we have tools and help and, you know, lots of other things too, like our community and relationships affect our nervous system. But um, just having that awareness and having tools, as you said, that we can use in the heat of the moment. So why is it, uh, you know, as a mother who had three, three babies, it was after a while, you kind of get a hang of it and you know your, your baby's cues and it's easy to help comfort them. Um, but why is it so hard to do this for ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's such a good question, isn't it? Um, I guess there's the part that I see a lot of people where it gets in the way is there's this self-aversion or self-criticism for responding in certain ways. So, you know, we might find ourselves anxious about something. And what we find is that if we think of the lowest centres in the brain that are lower down, we can call this our survival brain. But then the outer part of our brain, 
which has more recently evolved, is called our thinking brain. Um, when we feel stressed, we activate most or most of that activity is in our survival brain, lower down. And it communicates with us by releasing neurotransmitters and hormones that create sensations in our body, you know, and like that mobilizing energy. We really strongly feel that. Um, often a way that we try to make ourselves feel better is that the thinking brain likes to create a story or a plan or um, we try to outthink our way through these um, strong sensations. So, for example, let's say I had something at work coming up tomorrow, a meeting with my boss. I was really nervous about it and I could feel that in my body. But as a way to try and cope with that, I started thinking about ruminating about the ways that I could um, face that meeting tomorrow. And so we might find ourselves thinking about it over and over and over again. And that's our thinking brain's strategy to try and cope. Um, or people often minimise or suppress or deny what's happening and tell themselves not to be silly. They just need to get on with it. Um, they often tell themselves not to be so sensitive. Mm -hmm. And although these are strategies we try to use to cope, they don't actually help to reduce stress arousal. They actually can just make it worse. Um, but I guess what happens is the thinking brain and that survival brain get into a bit of a tug of war. And so when we come into the body and we use what we call interoception and pay attention to our sensations um, and use them to help us understand what's happening, it does bring a regulation for our nervous system. So this can be one of the best ways to utilise our vagus nerve is to begin to, to re know these sensations, recognise the different patterns of how we respond in the body and, and try to uncouple them from a story. So in research, they've shown that people who are depressed or swing towards depression sometimes have low um, interoceptive awareness so they find it hard to feel sensations that it's like they've turned down the sensations from reaching their awareness because they're too painful and that's a very clever adaption um, of our body that's useful for the short term but maybe long term not so helpful and then research has shown that people who have anxiety tend to be less accurate at tuning into sensations. So when sensations, sensations travel up to the brain from the body via the vagus nerve, and there's other pathways too, it reaches an area in the brain called the insula. And for people who have anxiety, it's been shown that there's increased connection with fear circuitry areas in the brain so sometimes people might feel a sensation and immediately assume that something really bad's about to happen. So it might be waves of nervousness. 
and immediately it triggers in that fear circuitry that there's a threat when really it might not be a threat, um, although that feels very real. So learning to uncouple sensations from story can be really useful and that's a really good way to build resilience. Mm. As you were talking about that, I it reminded me of that question um, that through the work of Byron Katie. I don't know if you're familiar with her, her work. Um, and she, she tells you to ask yourself this question, is it really true? And, um, you know, when you're, when you're anxious about something, all I can think of is this client of mine who really wanted to go to the Y to go swimming as like a way of exercising, but she was so anxious about being seen in a bathing suit. Cause she felt like everybody was going to, um, you, to to think that she looked awful and i think asking yourself that question of is it really is that really true it kind of snaps you out from that sensation into like that thinking part of your brain or at least yeah. that does for me um absolutely that's that's a wonderful example of um uncoupling that so, so many women listening that have PCOS deal with anxiety, as you described. Could you give us some practical tips on how to kind of deal with anxiety, some tools for our toolkit? Yeah, sure. So I think what we just started to say there was um, developing skills to begin to flex our interoception muscle but starting this rather than feeling the sensations that might be too much, and particularly um, for people who have a history of trauma, we want to be trauma-informed with that and not just, you know, begin to um, pay attention to things that are very overwhelming when it comes to sensations. We need to be skilled in this way. Um, I'm a big believer in co-regulation, although we hear a lot now that, it's being co-dependent to rely on other people. I really feel in times of stress, this is our most, you know, powerful tool we can use. So we might begin by looking at improving interoception, which is really what the vagus nerves job is, by when we're with other people who we feel really good about, um, we might bring in things that help us feel playful and joy. So if there's somebody where we begin, when we're around them, we feel um, happiness, we, we feel alive inside, that connection, they really attune to our nervous system. So we can begin in that way and then start to pay attention to sensations that we notice inside. And that could be tingling, joy, ease, um, and then we can begin over time to practice this on our own, doing small amounts. So it's basically learning to feel at home inside our body again, because for a lot of people, whether it's having anxiety or whether we suffer more from the burnout flatness side, either way, they're taking us out of our body or we may have dissociated from our body because it's too painful if we have chronic pain. 
So if we're looking at things like dysregulation and looking at things like chronic pain, these are body-based things. So we need to learn to come home to our body and feel comfortable there again. So that might be with other people or learning to cultivate tools where we feel safe to practice things like what you said with breathing before as well. But interoception is the main um, the main training for this type of work. And I, and I think feeling those feelings is so important. Um, so many of us, myself included, have done this stuffing them down back down with food or um, you know, other diversions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that getting back in touch with your body was so integral to my healing. And I really didn't know that that was part of increasing vagal tone. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's very useful. Um, again, it's just that we may have cut off because it was a clever adaption at the time mm-hmm. if sensations were too overwhelming. So for people who feel like some people pay attention to sensations and they may feel more dysregulated. And this is where we really need to lean into the support of other people. So whether that's family members or a health professional, um, just to recognise that we don't want to just dive headfirst in if we have had some pretty serious adversities happen. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the work that you do and how you, you know, help women um, with women and men, I assume, with um, you know, re- kind of regulating their vagus nerve? Sure. Uh, so we have a two-hour vagus nerve masterclass um, that we run several times a year. Um, and this goes through those frameworks in a lot more detail and how to match them with the right tool. But mostly it's learning how to attune to your own nervous system and to really become that securely attached friend um, to your own distressed self. And then for people who get excited about that masterclass, which happens a lot after people finish it, we then have a six-week program uh, that goes into a lot more depth on each part of the masterclass. And we have some uh, a theory module every week and a live call as well. So can you kind of explain some of the results that folks who have gone through the program have experienced as it relates to some of those symptoms that I mentioned, which really parallel PCOS symptoms? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, The main thing is people notice that they have the capacity to do more in their life. So things that they might have avoided before because of fear, anxiety, um, which can bring, make our world, you know, a little bit smaller because we're too scared to do things. People found that they were able to, to, to go and do the things that they didn't think they were able to, which is really what brings us so much joy because um, that's what life's about, isn't it? Being able to, to reach your potential. Um, we've had a lot around, so people will often report in improvements in pain, uh, insomnia, um, and, and definitely not reacting with as much anxiety with certain environments or challenges or 
they have the confidence that when they go into certain situations, even if there are those waves of nervousness or worry, they have the skills and the tools to gently guide their nervous system back to a state where they can cope. So mm-hmm. we, we certainly know that um, a healthy nervous system is not always calm. It, it has, um, you know, it can move into um, being angry or we can move into being, um, you know, feeling flat or, or disappointed. But what we're really teaching people is to unlearn old automatic patterns of responding that came from the past and to meet the present moment as it is and respond with a flexible and adaptable nervous system. Well, this, this work is so interesting. Um, I am going to have to, you know, I have not attended your masterclass, so I am going to have to do that. Um, I found you on Instagram. So why don't, can you tell us what your, your social media handles are and, and your, your website address so people can, um, you, you, you put out some great social media content. Oh, thank you, Amy. Um, my Instagram handle is repairing underscore the underscore nervous underscore system. So repairing the nervous system. Um, or you can just look up my name, Jessica McGuire. And all of our um, classes are on the website, jessicamaguire.com. And I will also post all of um, those links in our podcast, PCOS Diva podcast show notes as well. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on and um, enlightening us about vagus nerve health and how that can really impact so many of our PCOS symptoms. Thank you, Amy. And I just wanted to say congratulations on putting together such a thoughtful podcast on a very important topic. Oh, well, you know what? It's my pleasure. It's definitely uh, something that brings me a lot of joy and in turn probably helps helps my stress level. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, and thanks again, Jessica. And I look forward to being with you all again soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcosdiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.